hi there, Ollie Anderson here. You're listening to Creative Status. This is a podcast about using your creativity to become more real. What that means is probably different to all of us, even though reality is the same. But um, that's what we talk about over here. The creative process, how we have to deconstruct our egos, raise awareness, how we have to accept ourselves unconditionally and whatever the creative process brings up. How we have to take inspired action once we've been through that process and figured out some stuff. And uh, on the podcast, I basically interview people about that and related topics. This episode is an interview with Angel Rody. Angel has a company called Bruscapades, uh, Brushcapades, sorry, where she goes out into organizations and she puts on workshops and that kind of thing, helping people to use the creative process through painting and that kind of thing to get out of their heads a little bit, stop holding back, figure out what's really going on inside them, um, be vulnerable and to really share something that's real with other people and a whole bunch of other things. So if you take that into account, she's a perfect guest for this show because ultimately she understands the whole thing that we're ranting and raving about over here. And she had some amazing things to say about it. Uh, there's some stuff in here that she said about vulnerability that was really powerful, I think. There's so many misconceptions that people have out there about what it means to be vulnerable. Ultimately, they seem to think that it's just about pouring your guts all over the floor and playing with them in front of people. But actually, there's a real approach, which means that we're accepting that we feel a certain way. And we're sharing that when you know, it's relevant and necessary to do so, but we're growing through it. We're not letting it hold us back. Um, ultimately, just sharing where we are. So anyway, that's the thing that came up. All kinds of cool things about how we can use the creative process to be more human, more creative, more flowing, more growing. Yada, yada, yada. I'm going to stop ranting and raving and let you just listen to the interview. But um, if you get some value from this, please leave a review or something or send me a DM and let me know who else might be a good guest. Angel, thank you so much for your time and everybody else. Enjoy the episode. Here we go. Oh, hi there, Angel. Thank you Hello. so much for uh, joining me today on Creative Status. Um, you're a terribly artistic person with a lot yes. of energy. I, I can sense that. So we're going to talk about creativity today because that's what this podcast is about and I think we're going to be exploring that in relation to stress. Before we get on to all that, uh, do you just feel like introducing yourself, telling people you know, who you are, what you're all about and uh, what you want to get from this conversation? If anything, every day, every day, I feel like doing that. So yes, my <laughs> my name is uh, Angel Rody, and I have a company called Brushcapades, and I basically teach about the importance of creativity to uh, uh, team teams, corporate corporate teams all over the world, actually. So through the medium of painting and drawing, but um, it's pretty much a lesson about how important creativity is. Wow. So. One thing that always pops up on this podcast, or one little thing that I always like to ramble about anyway, is that creativity isn't just about uh, painting pictures or taking photos and all that kind of stuff. Obviously, you work in that area, but mm -hmm. do you find that creativity itself is much bigger than that kind of thing? And if so, how would you uh, describe that to people? Uh, um, the way... 
that I've heard creativity defined is making something out of nothing. Mm. So, you know, that could be bread. That could be a sweater <laughs> that is knit. That could be a perfect circle of stones on the ground. Really? Because mm-hmm. that wasn't there mm-hmm. before. We're, mm-hmm. we're the only living creature that creates, that makes things out of nothing just to do it. Not because we need a nest or to impress a mate. And it's really inherent to what we are as a creature. So mm-hmm. I always tell everybody, go back to your LinkedIn and after whatever it is you do for your occupation, put backslash artist. Mm. <laughs> I don't think anyone's taken me up on it, but I'm pushing. I'm pushing it. I, I, I might try that after this. Let's, let's see how it goes. Um, it feels like a lofty word. It feels like if you say you're an artist, that either means you've got stuff in galleries or you're sleeping on your girlfriend's couch. Yes. Maybe both. Um, both, but it feels yeah, like a weird, a lofty lucky. word that's hard to own, doesn't it? Yeah, I think so. There, there's so many um, connotations or there's just so much yes. loaded stuff with that word. Yes. And I think this is where this conversation might open up a little bit now. I think it's because a lot of the time we filter what we need art to be through the ego and how we want to see ourselves. And so there becomes all yes. these kind of pretentious ideas about what it actually means to be an artist yes. or to create art and blah 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 but actually real art i would say and i don't know if you agree goes back to what you just said which is that it's just about making something out of nothing and when you yes. go through that process of making something out of nothing actually even though you're making something out of nothing that something ends up revealing something to you about yourself and if you do it right that helps other people to understand them their, their selves a little bit better as well. Now that's me totally being pretentious about. Yeah. Yeah. So you can't you can't not create like yourself. There's a piece of you in whatever it is you just did. And mm. I think that that maybe is inherently scaring people because they realize that even if they don't know it, they know it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're revealing a little bit of yourself, but that little bit of vulnerability is what mm. draws people to you. Mm. And I think a lot of the time, this underlying revelation of the self or whatever you want to call it, this aspect of the creative process is what causes people to have creative blocks and things like that. Because a lot of the time, people actually don't want their real selves to emerge. They've reached the end of, you know, one current incarnation of their identity or whatever. They're trying to cling to it. And so they don't want that process to unfold. And actually what I'm learning is that process, it's not just about, you know, painting pictures and all this stuff, like I just said. It can be mm-hmm. literally anything. You can it can be a yoga session, it can be like yes. walking through the park, anything where you are becoming more present and aware within yourself and within life is the creative yes. process. And it's always unfolding, yes. it's constantly moving us towards wholeness because that's what we, we're here to do, I think, is just to keep growing and evolving and expanding and blah, 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 blah. Yes. And so that is the creative process. And so just to end this little ramble and bring it onto the stress thing, I think that most stress in our lives is when we are living in a way that kind of blocks that natural unfolding towards wholeness. So it can yes. be like psychological barriers that we erect or the identity stuff that we cling to that stops us flowing it can be doing things uh, physically i guess where we're pushing ourselves too much or we're not doing enough and all these different things take us out of balance with reality and these natural processes 
And that's yes. what causes stress in our lives. So yes. I don't know if that's aligned with what you think about all this stuff, but if we're just going to totally. open up the stress thing, what, what do you think? Yeah, don't Sorry, you I'm, think I'm that, that you we count in what we've made something that wasn't there before? If you have a new idea or a new mindset today that you didn't have yesterday, mm. that's something you created. Mm. So you, uh, can you elaborate a little bit? What do you mean? I, uh, when, when we talk about m- making a thing, being creative, making something, we think that it involves uh, the, the, the pen and the paper or the yoga position, you know, or a thing mm-hmm. outside of ourselves. But really, you uh, are uh, also your creation. Every yeah. day, you make decisions that make you different than you were yesterday. That yeah. also counts as creating. Yeah, 100%. And it's a really cool thing to be mindful of that you get to be in charge. You, you know, if you're like, oh, I'm so lazy. <laughs> well, today I'm not. <laughs> you know, I'm a new yeah. person. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because yes. most, most of the stories we tell ourselves, they're just yes. our assumptions that we've carried over into the present from the past, but they're not actually real. Yes. It's just concepts in our head. But how do you think um, that... The, the capacity we have to create ourselves and make choices and all this stuff, how does that fit into the stress thing, do you think, from a creative point of view, if it does? And I, it's a curveball question. It is a super curveball question. Let me see if, and, and correct me if I'm off course. But I think that a lot of the stress, well, no, I'm going to just go out on a limb and say all of the stress and fear and anxiety that we see as a real thing in the world is actually, just like you said, a little voice inside our head, a thing, Mm. a story we tell ourselves. Um, I've, uh, uh, just as an example, I am taking care of my cousin's dogs. They live next door, three dogs taking care of them for eight days. And I was really, really anxious about how (laughs) me who just has a cat and I have to empty empty the litter box every few days. Other than that, she pretty much ignores me to, to (laughs) to be in charge of animals that, that need you was filled me with a lot of anxiety. I'm like, I got a lot of work to do. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. I'm totally able to do it. So that was, that is an anxiety that I built up inside myself that wasn't an actual thing. It is a story that I told myself that it was going to be overwhelming. Mm-hmm. So you so went in I, the, sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, so I think that, you know, a lot of things that we count of as count that we think of as a stressor, we're kind of stressing ourselves out because we yes. could also tell ourselves, this is going to be a challenge that I am mm-hmm. up for. Then you're mm-hmm. excited mm-hmm. about that same thing that's coming up that that could have potentially been a stressor Mm. and yeah yeah like this is something that i've found in my own life so i think really like it sounds a bit extreme and some people would obviously disagree but really there are no problems in life Mm -hmm. (laughs) there are there are obstacles there are challenges and you know things happen but ultimately if you have a problem that lingers, then it's something going on in your head, ultimately, yeah. that you are attached to. Because if you realize that there is a problem, your brain is either going to go into solution mode and you'll find a solution and then you'll do something about it so you won't have a problem. Or you'll eventually realize that it's not a problem. It's just part of life and there's nothing you can do about it. So you just need to accept it. 
And the problem actually isn't something external. It's a lack of acceptance of the truth about life within inside yourself. And again, that comes down to the stories we're telling ourselves. And so when you view things through that lens, that makes yes. it a lot easier to get into this creative flow state. And again, it yes. always comes back to the, the identity issue. So ultimately, I, I think nearly all stress is just, it starts with some mental thing that is just out of alignment with life. And the creative process can tap you back into that. Absolutely. And we're not perfect people. We're going to get stressed. We're going to get mm -hmm. scared and stuff. But if at some point you can stop yourself and say, hang on, what is another message I can give myself today? Yeah, I'm really, this, this thing feels really stressful, but mm -hmm. what, what is a positive thing? And then just stare at that thing emotionally, stare at that thing. The mm. issue, the problem gets smaller and smaller and, and staring at the, your solution or your better attitude about it is also good for your self-confidence and, and your attitude in general, mm. both things are always true. A negative thing happens. There is a good side to it. There just mm -hmm. always is because mm. that's balance. That's the yin and yang of life. Mm. Stare at you. You can decide which one you stare at. You can stare at the scary stuff or you can say, now what is also a good thing mm. that, mm. that can come from this? Yeah. And I suppose in a way the creative challenge there is trying to reframe things i guess so you can see the yes. the at the very least you're gonna get a lesson so you can do something with that if something bad Absolutely. happens but there's almost always an opportunity as well but the yes. thing i found that holds us back is not wanting to keep flowing and keep growing and expanding in the way that i was on about because yes. we're just attached to a certain version of ourselves so i guess what we're saying is that a lot of stress is caused in the mind. Is that true though, do you think? Or am I being a bit too over the top? Because I'm making it sound like you can kind of think yourself out of any stressful situation and then you'll just be all enlightened and blissed up and everything. What are the, you know, is, are, are there some practical things I might be missing, do you think? I, I don't think so. I think that there 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 is, there may be something to the fact that people just have things going on chemically in their head and they just need a chemical balancing thing, mm, whether mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not saying no to that, but I am saying there is a way to help think your way out of a stress thing. And, and, and mm. meditating is one way to get there. Mm. And me personally, um, wow. maybe it is because I have this Dory the fish energy that we <laughs> talked about. When I meditate, Ollie, I, I sit for 15 minutes and I just beat myself up because I can't shut off my to-do list. Wow. But I can draw or I can paint and two hours can go by like the snap of a finger. Mm -hmm. That is also meditative. And that is uh, a, a, that's meditating with a parting gift, I like to say. Mm -hmm. So it's a way to help uh, uh, train yourself to uh, uh uh, bring your brain to another place other than the place where it's gotten itself so worked up that you can't see beyond the cloud. Mm. How does um, like the, the, I suppose, literal creative artistic work that you do with people help people to train themselves in that way? It, it gets you out of your brain without you having to overthink the fact that you are out of your brain. Once you get past the fact that once you get past the feeling that what you produce on paper needs to be good 
or needs to be perfect. Otherwise, I shouldn't be doing it. When you think of art as play or as a therapeutic tool or just as a process rather than I need to make something that looks good. Otherwise, I'm not good at it and I shouldn't be doing it. Take that mm. out of your brain. Just the act of doing is um, what is so good for you. And sometimes we have to te learn how to get out of the critical part of ourselves. And there's really no other way around just the doing. Mm. I think ultimately that is 100% right. So when, when I'm coaching people, they often when they first start working with me, they might be like less confident than they want to be or like they're a bit anxious or whatever it is. They've got mm -hmm. an inner critic holding them back. And you, you can't really talk anybody out of that kind of stuff. All you can do is help right. them find inspired actions to take that are going to give them evidence yes. that whatever that little narrative in their head is saying is, uh, is bullshit, basically. It's not true. And once they start yes. taking action and they start seeing the, the story they've been telling themselves is not true, then it kind of slips away quite quickly. And I think yes. what's going on there is kind of what you're saying about when you're, you know, drawing or painting or whatever, like you, they just become present, basically. They, they're just yes. in the moment, they're in the flow. And again, it comes back to this process we were talking about where they're just moving towards wholeness because that little yes. voice, that inner critic, it's just fragments that we picked up from the past because of our emotional yes. relationship with ourselves. And so yes. once you take action, obviously you, you see that's not true. So exactly. Yeah. So is it is when it when we're six years old, we're all artists and singers and dancers. <laughs> and at some point we decide that our efforts are just bad or wrong or just embarrassing and we either never do it again or mm -hmm. never do it in front of people, but it is really inherent to what we are. And when I teach people in a group, one of the benefits of teaching people in a group, like a, a, a corporate team, for instance, is when we get mm -hmm. partway through the process and right when I can start to see on people's faces that they are starting to get disappointed with themselves in what they are doing, I make mm -hmm. everybody hold up their art so everybody can see it. And I said, now I want you to look at everybody's thing they've got up there and then I don't say anything but they all start naturally doing this oh John I love your sky oh Clarissa well, you, that is so cool what you did there I love how you that choice you made and I say to people do you notice that your brain is doing this mine sucks but everybody else has something so different and so cool and so creative and then I say I don't have a left lobe my mom says I qualify for handicap parking and I am looking into it but I know that math doesn't work out if we're all thinking ours is the only sucky one then it can't be true yeah yeah I, yeah and then I tell them when I'm wow. working on art, I beat myself up too, but I yell, I nailed it. I'm nailing this. I nailed that at myself <laughs> to just kind of <laughs> remind myself, uh, you know, pen to paper. I am doing mm. the brave thing right now. Yeah. And it's the action <laughs> that counts again, like you said. Yes. Why, why do you think most people in a group are telling themselves this story that theirs sucks? Like, where does this come from? Like, it seems to be a... You know, like a bit of a emotional pandemic that's taking place in the world. Everyone it thinks is. their creative work sucks or whatever. Or some people are just compensating and they're almost too confident potentially. But in general, there seems to be a lack of balance. I, d I don't know if I'm yes. making things up, but that's how it seems. I think like a part of it comes from the fact that they are watching an instructor do it and they feel like if mine doesn't look exactly like hers, mm -hmm. then mine is wrong. Mm. And and another and so I remind people if Andy Warhol and Van Gogh were both on your team and trying to paint like each other, they'd mm. be having aneurysms. But they're both amazing. Wow. Yeah. And the other thing is, I think 
social wow. media just doesn't help because everybody puts mm. their best stuff up there. I've been thinking lately, I think I'm going to start pay- posting my my sucky drawings because I've got them and I don't post post them. But I think <laughs> it's important to see that even somebody who does this for a living has, you know, I they're not successful. My drawing wasn't successful, but I learned something from it. And mm. so therefore that thing is just as valuable as the ones that that really turned out. Wow. Um so I think that's a part of it too and then just you know, when we you hit a certain age, uh, somewhere between six and thirteen, where you just decide that everything you put out is wrong or bad, and and like I said, art is inherent. And I think if we met on a tennis court and you hadn't played tennis before, and you you know this was tennis one hundred and one, you wouldn't expect yourself to be good. But that's what you you fine with it. I'll whack away at it. But mm. art inherently wow. inherently personal, and I think people, mm. even though they don't realize that's their thinking. They're they're like, eh, that's putting myself out. That's that's putting myself out there. Don't know if Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, that's so yeah. Because you're right. Especially like, in this age of, of social media where everybody just puts their be- best stuff out there. Mm-hmm. Um it's we just for, forget that the process the is the important thing. Not the mm-hmm. not the mm-hmm. stuff that belongs in a gallery wall. Wow. Like the interesting thing there is ultimately what we said right at the start of this conversation is the creative process is ultimately about the process of uh, revealing more of who we really are, our true self. And so the conflict that seems to be going on with a lot of people is they're creating creating art or they're creating creative things that are an expression of who they think they should be rather right. than who they actually are. And so, right. like you said about Van Gogh and uh, Andy Warhol, like yes. those guys, obviously, they were expressing something that was real inside themselves. They weren't yes. trying to be anybody else. And so, actually, it comes back to that again, which is that if you really want to get the most out of the artistic process or the creative process and mm-hmm. um, be able to create something, I guess, of value, then it has to be an expression of you. So how do we um, how do we take all the shoulds out of it? Because the shoulds, you know, I should be like Van Gogh, I should be like whoever. Right. They're actually causing people stress in a way. Yes, that is true. I think it's. Ju- I think. I think it is just inherently going to happen. I don't know if there's a way to tell people how to do that, but I can tell you from my own experience because um, I started my career as a commercial artist. <clears throat> Excuse me, and as a commercial artist. People would say, I want you to draw a car for this ad. Do it mm. in this style. So I I ha- made a living out of copying styles, mm, right? Mm, so mm. when I learn a new, like my favorite art wow. to do now, personal art is urban sketching. I like to go sit in front of a building and make a nice little watercolor and ink sketch of it. Wow. And when I was learning how to do that, I, I found people's work that I liked, that I admired, and I would copy it. Mm. Um one of my uh, very good friends now is someone I, I took a class from early on, and his style is very clean and looks like a comic book from when you were a kid. Very wow. clean, um, strong lines. And so my early, early urban sketches were very clean and strong lines. I find mm. now it's even hard for me to do that again because I just naturally, I'm just messy. The brain is messy on the inside. My art's a little messy on the outside. We'll say free and free and playful. <laughs> That's a better way to say messy, right? Mm. Um, and, and so I just naturally, when I stopped looking at his so much, 
um, my art is just going to gravitate toward what I like. If you have a very type A brain, your art mm. is going to be very clean and type A. If you mm. are playful, mm. your lines are going to be a little more playful. It's just going to mm. get there. The more confidence you have in your structure, not even in your art, but in, mm. in your mm. process, the more mm. you are going to come out. It's going to mm. be hard to be structured if you're, if you aren't, if your brain doesn't work in that way. And that's fine. And that's awesome. If we all painted the same way, mm. what would you bid on at Sotheby's like you do? Mm. <laughs> There's all kinds of stuff out there. Yeah. I'm just thinking like, um, what, what we were saying about social media and everything and like mm -hmm. how it's all curated, like yes. actually that applies in art galleries and stuff as well. So, you know, like, yeah. Leonardo da Vinci, like, okay, everyone's seen the Mona Lisa or whatever. They think it's amazing. But he went through so many, um, I guess, test runs of just that painting itself. And he's got all these sketches and all this messy stuff that he put out there. Most art or most creative work actually is messy, isn't it? Like yes, 90% of it. And then 10%, the tip of the iceberg, is what we show to the world. But the first, there's a quote by um, Ernest Hemingway, I think. He said the first draft of anything is shit. And like, ultimately, <laughs> that's just so true because it yes. has to, it, it has to start like that. And then you just refine it and then, you know, put out there what you think meets the standard. Yes. Each one of Van Gogh's paintings are painted on top of another painting. There wow. are no less than four wow. paintings underneath every one of his paintings. Picasso, wow. same way. I mean, it's mm. just what they did. You can't, you, you just can reuse it, you know, on top and on top. Mm. And on top and that's mm. and that's mm. okay wow and that's actually that's sorry no i was just saying that's that that is process that is process and something you know that we need to keep in mind they weren't yeah. all the mona lisa they weren't all starry night mm. and it applies to life as well because yes. i guess you know we all start off quite messy <laughs> and then yes. we kind of start to figure ourselves out and then we you know how to i don't know interact better socially and all that kind of thing yeah. It's the same underlying process again. So it it reminded me of something you said earlier about vulnerability. I'm also an improv comic, and mm. one of the exercises that we do as a as a group is um, we all stand in a circle, and the media the uh, moderator stands in the middle and and points to everyone and says, "What are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? What are you afraid of?" And it starts with the dark spiders, mm. asparagus, whatever. And as you go around and around, it starts to become that my dad never loved me, that wow. I won't, you know, that I'm a failure because I didn't finish college and all these things. And you start to realize as you're listening, the more vulnerable, pe vulnerable people get, mm. the more you want to go hug that person and say, yeah. me too. Yeah. I, mm. I feel that mm. way too. Or I have this other feel that fear that feels like yours. Let's have a hug on that. Mm -hmm. vulnerability is what attracts people to you, not your perfection. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. and it's, you know, with, without looking for someone else to fix you, just mm -hmm. to, just being that vulnerable human is mm -hmm. um, your, your gift. The bravest thing you will do is to yeah. put that out there. Don't you think? And, yeah. and, and, and your art is, is that it's your vulnerability on paper. Mm. Do you think um, avoiding vulnerability for too long just creates more stress? 
Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's where fear and stress are born. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I will tell you, 10 years ago, I moved to Seattle with a relationship um, from the Midwest, and the relationship ended tragically (laughs) and instantaneously five weeks after I moved to Seattle. And um, he was a pilot note to self mm-hmm. and and he gave me two weeks to find somewhere else to live and I didn't have a job so I wow. squatted for a while and the having been kind of a fearful person before that mm-hmm. everything I I had every everything that I thought defined me my job mm-hmm. um other things that I did were kind of stripped from me in a place where I didn't have a support mm. system, 2,000 miles from my home. And within six months, I had mm. built up a better life than I had before and found bravery that I didn't have before. Wow. Um, I And I am so grateful to that guy mm-hmm. because... Had I not been tested and found out that nobody's going to die today and good mm. things are coming. Mm. Oh, my gosh. I, yeah. I am the bravest person on the planet now because mm. of that horrible thing that I really feared and really lived, tried to live safely so that thing wouldn't happen. Wow. So by, by I suppose, being forced to be vulnerable in a sense, yes. you found who you really are, basically. And I think normally... Well, always when we find out who we are, we've got way more strength than we actually yes. may have originally believed. So on the other side of that yes. fear and vulnerability is normally realness is what I call it. Yes. Um, yeah. So in relation to, um, you know, people avoiding being vulnerable and everything, mm-hmm. on the other side of the coin, do you think there's a misconception around what vulnerability is? And by that, what I mean is it seems like some people in society, they think being vulnerable just means basically pouring their guts out all over the place and then you know playing with their guts in front of everybody. Obviously, yeah. that's a metaphor. I don't mean literally. But yeah, yep, yep, no. yeah. Like, what, what do you think about that? So how do we fine tune this uh, capacity to be vulnerable? Yeah, I think, I think you're right. People... Um either see vulnerability as as the same thing as victimhood or Mm. the same thing as weakness. And it is neither. It's, Mm. it is long as the vulnerability is not saying here, fix me. It's Mm. saying, wow. Um, here's my humanity, you know, Mm. here, here's, Mm. here's my, here, here's all of me. Mm. And that is the difference. And, and again, that's the, the messages we're playing in our head, right? Because I don't think, and anybody, if they are looking at your authentic vulnerability and saying, oh, that person is weak, that says way more about the viewer <laughs> than it is about the guy, doesn't yeah. it? That's, yeah, yeah. that's, that's playing on messages he's giving himself. Mm, Very little is about us. Very little mm. in this world is about me. Nobody's mm. walking down the street worrying about whether or not my socks match. Nobody, mm. nobody's mm. worrying about, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah. whether one of my ears is higher than the other because it is. Mm. <laughs> but nobody worries about that. But me, yeah, that's my yeah. deal. Yeah. So, so we were saying, like, ultimately, if we avoid being vulnerable, it just mm-hmm. causes stress. 
If we're yes. too vulnerable in this uh, unreal way and it lapses into victimhood or whatever, that yeah. can cause stress as well. So yes. another curveball question, what are some of the barriers to being vulnerable, both internally, so in, in our relationship with ourselves, and then also, I guess, externally in the world? Like what's stopping people being as vulnerable as they need to be or as real as they need to be and, you know, living less stressful lives? I think I think when when people are looking for their self-confidence or self-worth to be based on something external, mm-hmm. then that external thing becomes a shell that mm-hmm. is not only keeping the world out, it's keeping mm-hmm. you in. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That is that is what I so I so I think if you're a, a place of of I don't mm-hmm. even want to call it confidence, the the veneer of mm. confidence maybe right your yeah, yeah. the the thing your safety wall mm. is based on something that isn't just inherent if you've got a voice inside you saying mm. i'm going to keep showing you my shiny stuff so that you don't see the socially unacceptable child that lives within mm. that is that is an issue that and I, and man how do you crack that without <laughs> Hitting some low point like me, oh, saying squatting and having that shell taken away for me. Yeah, yeah. I don't have an answer for you there. It, um, it's something only you can do. I don't. I don't know that a. Um. You know, it's something you have to do for mm. yourself. I think, and it's yeah. just so crazy to think, but it is true, isn't it, Ali? It is the voice in your head. So you have complete control in turning that voice off. You, I mean, yeah, yeah, in, yeah. in a second, you can be like, well, this is my story now. It doesn't <laughs> feel that easy. I know no. it doesn't feel that easy. Mm. It's but simple. that's the reality, don't you think? Yeah, yeah 100%. So I always think um, there's two ways to go about this. Ultimately, what we're talking about is stepping back from ego or identity or whatever you want to call it Mm -hmm. stepping back from this version of ourselves we've constructed Mm -hmm. to deal with all the shame guilt and or trauma that we picked up in childhood like you were saying Mm -hmm. and most people this so for most people this is out here right they they they're born and life is good they're kids spontaneous Mm -hmm. running around free then something normally happens that causes them to feel ashamed of themselves or to feel Mm -hmm. bad about who they are and then they put a mask on to hide the parts of themselves that have been shamed. So let's say yes. just hypothetically, somebody, I don't know, a kid has a bad temper or something and they, their parents shame the anger. So they send the anger into hiding. And then when they grow up, mm. they've ended up being a people pleaser because they're totally detached from the angry side of themselves. And anger is a healthy emotion like anything else. And mm-hmm. so that part of them has been disowned. It goes into hiding and then they create a, false version of themselves, like I keep saying, to, yeah. to keep that hidden, keep it at bay. And for most people, that um, version of themselves, the ego, just ends up being automatic. They're just going through life on autopilot. They might feel a void inside themselves. They might feel a mm-hmm. bit restless, whatever, but they don't know why that is because as far as they're concerned, this mask that they've put on is who they are. They forgot that they even put a mask on in the first place. Then... Yes two things can happen. So one, something bad in scare quotes might happen, 
where they hit, hit rock bottom. So mm-hmm. for you, you ended up squatting. In my life, I ended up, I got a, I was ill and it woke me up to all kinds of things. Basically, when you hit rock bottom, you can no longer hide from yourself. And that's when you can see like your true vulnerability, your true realness. You see what's actually there and you can build on a solid foundation. So actually rock bottom, it almost always turns out to be a blessing. That's what I've found when I talk to people. But ideally, you don't want to hit rock bottom, dude. So I think another way that people can wake up is through some kind of, you know, spiritual practice or whatever you want to call it, where, you know, they're having these kind of moments that you were talking about, actually, where they get into the present moment, they get into the flow state, um, maybe they're meditating, doing yoga, going for a hike, having a peak experience, whatever it is, Mm. there are things you can do that instead of you uh, hitting a low point and seeing the truth, you kind of experience a high point, even if it's just for a few seconds, and you kind of have an epiphany, I guess, where you can step back and say, oh, okay, that's not me. This mask I was wearing is just a, it's a construct, basically. Yes. So I don't know if that feeds into all the stress stuff, but what do you think? Totally agree with that. Totally, totally agree with that. Yeah. The, the, the more authentic you live, the easier it is to live. When, when you're looking for your self-confidence and your identity and all this stuff to come from outside of you, it just mm. takes a lot of work to seek it out and to <laughs> build things to make it stick around. Mm-hmm. It's um, that's a lot of work. <laughs> you know, yeah. it yeah. is easier just to be authentic. Mm. And vulnerable is a just a part of that. We mm. all have it, and and mm. if anyone says they they don't have it, then they're not being honest with mm. them with themselves. Mm. Do you think um, getting our confidence back and all this kind of stuff, mm-hmm. learning to accept ourselves again, all these things that people try to do by chasing all this external stuff, actually, what we're really trying to do is just unlearn things. So I think in our natural real state, we do accept ourselves completely. We mm. are confident or we can take action that will make us more confident. and. A lot of the time when we're ultimately stressed because we think we're not confident enough and ETC, ETC, it's, be- it's purely because, purely because we've forgotten who we are for some reason. And so. Absolutely. Yeah. So how, what are some things we can do then based on, you know, your work and what we've been saying to tune back into that or to unlearn and strip away some of this stuff we've picked up? That, that's where I think art, the creativity, making, arting, I call it arting. Arting (laughs) is um, such a great, if not baby step, it's at least a step. Because if you don't know where to start, Mm -hmm. putting brush to canvas or pen to paper Mm -hmm. and just starting, then you are just connecting. That movement is connecting you with the inside. But whatever comes out on that paper is you but it's mm-hmm. disconnected to you an, a little bit. So you can say, well, that that little mark there, I love that mark. And I'm proud of that mark. It's a it's a baby step to being able to say that about yourself, because if mm. you're really in a, you know, in a self-deprecating mode, it's really hard to just turn around and go, oh, but today I'm amazing. 
know, but mm-hmm. this little mark that I made and this, this little painting I made, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. I did it. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. And it's a part of me. To mm-hmm. me, it's such a great mm-hmm. baby step to that self, self-confidence and, mm-hmm. and self-love, mm-hmm. which is so hard, and mm-hmm. self-acceptance. Mm. so hard but so important mm. you've, you've got to start from a place of self-love in mm. order to love well mm. if, if if you don't have self-love and you're looking for that to come from your friends from your partner from your te- teachers from your mm. mentors then mm. as soon as that person is gone you're back mm. to zero again yeah but yeah. if you start in a full place mm. um mm. and it's all infinite infinite you know it's just going to mm. reflect rather than fill coming mm. from someone else is going to mm. reflect mm. and i just feel like art is such a great arting is such a great place to start the process mm. yeah i love i love that um way of describing it like it's so let's say people are stressed or they're depressed or they're feeling anxious mm-hmm. or whatever there isn't going to be a panacea, is there, where they can just click their fingers or click their heels together and return home from Oz or whatever. Like, it's it's a process. And the reason, yes. actually, the reason they found themselves being depressed and anxious is because they, for whatever reason, and it's not through no fault of their own a lot of the time, but they ended up making choices about their identity and the way they see life and so on and so forth that has made them tell themselves a story that's led to this state of stress, depression, anxiety, whatever. And so the only way back home, so to speak, is to reverse the process, even if it's just in increments, like you're saying. So, you know, you draw a little picture, you get some self-validation, whatever, instead of doing it externally, and you can return step by step, I guess, back home. Sometimes you might have a big epiphany and like, you know, something amazing happened. Um, I keep, I just mentioned stress, Sorry, I just mentioned depression, depression and uh, anxiety. How do you think that fits into all this stuff that we've been saying? Those two things. Um, again, because arting is um, such a, a good meditative process, mm. it's just a, it's a um, when that big black cloud is over your head, it's hard to see outside of it. Mm. So just using a little color. I still beat myself up when I'm painting too. I'm still like, that's not my favorite tree. Um, but I can also say at the same time, well, I nailed it. I nailed that tree. I'm nailing this and I nailed that. And I do say that all the live long day with the eggs I make in the morning, the paintings I make during the day um, and my attempt at meditation later. Nailed it, mm-hmm. even though mm-hmm. I didn't. But I can laugh at myself a little bit and move on to the next thing. Or... Wow. I really did nail the thing and I need to celebrate that. I, I, I just walk around. You can probably tell from my voice. I walk around <laughs> celebrating everything. <laughs> and yeah. I'm, I'm sure I annoy people, but I am just, I, uh, I really dig that little vibrating that happens in your body. Mm, when mm, remember when mm. you're a child and your birthday is coming or you're on <laughs> your way to your grandma's house for Christmas, mm, I can mm. invoke that feeling wow. by looking at side my window and noticing just different patterns on the water. Get me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, mm-hmm. that is, this, this water is a living thing. That's amazing. Yeah. So, yeah. And um, so I love to get myself excited about things. And wow. uh, every, 
that that keeps me in a in a place where um, uh, uh, it keeps me out of uh, what might be depressing or whatever. Am I getting mm, off track? Mm. I've had no, so much no. caffeine already today. <laughs> it's okay. I, I've had loads as well, so don't, I've been dancing around while you're talking. But um, ultimately, I think the theme of this conversation is it's basically about our inner state. And like, maybe I'm just, um, I've been, I, I, basically everywhere I've been going this week, I've been talking about this inner state, the inner state and managing that is basically the, the most important thing we can do for our lives. Because ultimately, if your inner state is where it needs to be and it's real and you can accept yourself and you can flow and you can feel excited about things and all that stuff, then the outer state is eventually going to reflect that to some extent. That's how I've yes. found it. So do you think a way of kind of summarizing everything we've talked about is linked to that idea? Just to throw absolutely. another curveball at you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And and if you don't know how to connect to that inner state, because some some people wow. ha- haven't, you know, found it yet. Mm-hmm. Put a pen to paper and start making circles. And wow. make circles with your breath up. Upper half of the circle with your breath in, lower half of the circle with your breath out. Wow. Be mindful about the pen hitting the paper and the pen leaving the paper. Mm-hmm. That will help you connect, connect, connect to the your, the inside. Mm-hmm. And and mm-hmm. yes, absolutely. And you are a part of everything. What a powerful yeah. <laughs> spot you're in, you know? Yeah. What a powerful thing that is. Mm-hmm. And wow. when you give yourself the power to say today... I am mm-hmm. not a, a lazy human today. <laughs> I am resting up for something really big. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Looks yeah. the same, different message. Different mm-hmm. message. Yeah. And that yeah. is okay. Yeah. yeah. Start the message there and that message will pop up more and more in other areas. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I love what you just said about how we're, you know, we're basically connected to everything and it's, that's ultimately for me what this all boils down to. So right at the start of this conversation, I was saying the creative process is ultimately about this natural drive that we all have towards wholeness. And it's always unfolding. Like we're always, we're always connected to wholeness anyway, but we just forget it because these stories we're telling ourselves. And so as you go through the creative process, you just get better and better and better at connecting to that, which is just always inside you. And then the more you can focus on that and keep it in mind or keep it in heart, however you want to say it, that's when you have less stress in your life in general because you're not yes. creating friction for yourself. That's how I see it anyway. Um, we've been talking quite a while. Um, if you were going to sum all of this up, and we've covered quite a lot really, it's gone quick, um, You know, what would your final words of wisdom be? And can you let people know where they can find you as well if they want to yes. check out your art or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I, I guess I would sum it up by saying, uh, just nurture yourself and and mm. and appreciate when you are making things because I think everybody makes things every day and they don't realize they're even doing it right. Mm-hmm. Um, from the egg you ate for breakfast in the morning to the the notes you scribble for yourself while you are working, that counts as making something. Every thought that you have is something you created. That's pretty amazing. Mm. And if you one mm. time are able to turn your message from, well, wow. I didn't, you know, that, 
that wasn't successful to, nope, I, I nailed that and I'm going <laughs> to nail it even better the next time I did it. I did the brave thing. I made a mm. brave shoe choice today. Whatever it is, mm-hmm. g- giggle at it a little, but, but be proud of that. Wow. And the, the more negative messages you give yourself, the more you shut yourself off from other people mm. and from the world in general. And the, mm. and the more mm. you love yourself, you're attracting love and and you feel a part of everything even if you don't see other people Mm. during the day so Mm. um, just be conscious Mm. of it be really mindful of everything that you are nailing to do it yeah um you can you can find me on the on the socials my name is so very highly googleable because it is so phonetic (laughs) i uh my name is angel but i changed the spelling when i was 14 because i thought that the halo wings version wasn't memorable enough in the corner (laughs) of a painting Hashtag genius. Um, nice and now it just looks like I can't spell. But as a business owner, highly Googleable. So A N J L is my how I spell angel. And yep. my last name is Rodi R-O-D-E-E. So phonetic. Yes. And I'm um search that uh, throw that in Google. All, all my socials come up, but also brush capades is the name of my company. Coincidentally, okay. I made that word up as well. Brush capades. Wow. Word. Uh, another genius <laughs> moment. I'll um I'll share a link to uh Perfect. some of your stuff anyway in the show notes. But uh, Angel, it's been really interesting talking to you. Like it's been really good. I can't believe how quick it's gone actually. Um, so yes, thank you, thank you so much for coming on and sharing all this wisdom. Thank you for having me. This has been so much fun.